The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the best. Welcome to our 2020 year in review on the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro. And this week, we're going to be talking about everything that happened in the glorious year of 2020. Joining us for 2020 year in review week is both Jordan Cooney, a SEO strategist and advisor for Search Metrics, and Tyson Stockton, Search Metrics' vice president of services. So far this week, Jordan, Tyson, and I have talked about how Google rolled out their updates and increased their communication. And yesterday, we talked more in detail about how they're rolling out or announcing what their ranking factors are, or maybe just the factors that impact what rankings are. Those aren't necessarily the same thing. And specifically talking about core web vitals. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. And today we're going to turn the page and talk about the changes that Google made to Google Shopping in 2020. Okay, on with the show. Here's my conversation with Jordan Cooney and Tyson Stockton from Search Metrics. Jordan, Tyson, happy hump day. Welcome back to the 2020 Year in Review Week on the Voices of Search podcast. Thank hey, you, back. Ben. Good to be back. All right, guys, we've covered a lot of ground in terms of Google's announcements. There were announcements that impact how SEO performance was going to be. And then Google also made some product changes as well. Most notably, they are fighting a kind of a two-front war in e-commerce. Talk to me about what some of the changes were that you remember related to Google Shopping and their changes in e-commerce. Yeah, so I think the biggest, most obvious one is the introduction, kind of the announcement of having free product listing feeds. And what this is, is product listing feeds are how 
retailers will submit their inventory to then be present in PLA ads and Google Shopping. If we went way back, this was something that was free. Just submit your feeds and then it's a way to increase presence. They moved into a pay model, which from their like official reasoning for it was to increase quality of the feeds. And now they've introduced, again, not removing the paid because it's such a key revenue line item for them, but also having these free listings to offset it. The official kind of announcement was more of, hey, this is something that Google's doing to help smaller businesses in this challenging time. Won't spend time of the details of that, obviously. But to me, I was really suspicious of that. And we've been giving a lot of praise to Google. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but I don't really believe that that was something that was just a, hey, we'd like to do this in good faith. Because the way I look at it is Google and Amazon have had this heating up kind of competition and battle. And Google's been losing ground to Amazon as far as like where people are beginning and ending their buyer's journey for different products. So to me, by this integration of it, one, it's Google kind of increasing their inventory. And the further they're able to increase the amount of data and products and SKUs that they have, the more that they can compete in this space and then find different and inventive ways to integrate it into different experiences beyond just Google Shopping where it started. Tyson, you know, I think you put the summary really well, which is that, first of all, this is a huge advantage for businesses, especially small businesses, to find a way to be competitive, especially if they have a very small product set, right? Now there's a free way to gain exposure to your product feed and the actual items that you're selling on your website. But more notably, the full idea behind this, why is Google doing this, right, is I think the bigger notion here. And I think we're only at the beginning of what I believe to be a revolution of categorized and industry-specific search experiences that allow Google to leverage the data they already have and the data that they need from the competitors in that industry in order for them to create really compelling experiences that differentiate them from the variety of options that now exist for search. And I think this is a great point to stop, which is this entire move for shopping ads is not about shopping ads. It's about Google becoming relevant in a very diverse and competitive market, which is the fact that you can do just about the same product search on Amazon, on Walmart. And the reality is now with the advancements that sites like Shopify even have and the millions of local sellers that exist that are using Shopify, they now have pretty decent search engines. So why do I need Google to help me to perform that search? Yeah, I think you brought up a couple of interesting points. First off, there's kind of the verticalization of search. And we're seeing more search experiences essentially be aggregated. You mentioned Shopify, local sellers or smaller sellers are grouping together. And Etsy is the same thing. I could look across all these handmade sellers. What do I need Google for if I know I'm looking for handcrafted goods as opposed to just generally in e-commerce? You know, Amazon has a lot of data and a lot of people are just skipping Google to go right to Amazon. And this to me kind of seems like it's a little bit of desperation. We're going to take some revenue off the table, Google would, to try to scrape back some market share because we don't want to lose what foothold we had in e-commerce. 
Now, when it comes to Google saying, hey, this is about you know helping small businesses in a trying time, I'm going to quote one of the greatest pieces of cinema ever, Top Gun, by saying, bullshit. <laughs> it's just not uh, true. Like, that is not what Google is doing here. They are trying to collect more data. They are trying to reposition themselves to be more of a focus and compete with Amazon and some of the other vertical threats that they're running into. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie-cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. So, guys, let me ask you, we saw some impacts of Google offering free PLAs. Did we see any performance changes? Do you think Google actually made a difference by the product changes that they offered up this year? I think so, but I don't think it's as immediate. Like, I view this as a stepping stone to building something greater. And Google realizes that for them to compete against Amazon, they need to have a higher volume of structured data and skews of it so then they can serve it up different ways. So it's like, for me, it was more of just the tip of the iceberg of building out that foundation further. And I think a great illustration of this is looking at where they started when they initially announced it, where this was just being shown within Google Shopping. And then now, which is, you know, we're still not that far into it, but you have best products, popular products, and similar product carousels within the standard SERP. And then also, more specifically on mobile, if you're entering into like a given product or you click on one of those links within one of the carousels, it throws you into kind of this like product knowledge graph where then they're controlling the experience to have all the different listings of it, to have the aggregated reviews of the product. And it offers this more of kind of like wide, broader capturing of all the people that are selling it. And I think they have strengthened it, but I don't think that we've seen a huge impact into like the impact to their overall experience or bottom line. But I think we're now just getting to the point that will allow them to further differentiate and add more and more features within the standard SERP. I think there's two ways that this can go. And Google has tried to create these, you know, sort of hybrid search experiences before. And one of them, I think of like, take Gmail as an example. Google will 
create a product, collect a bunch of data, and it provides a different way for them to serve ads. And that was really successful. On the flip side, they tried to do something similar in social media, and Google was never able to get a social product off the ground. And so they do have a little bit of a checkered history when it comes to launching these non-traditional search experiences. It's going to be interesting to see how they continue to evolve in e-commerce. And is this, you know, their Gmail? And they're going to create this wonderful shopping experience? Or are they going to be spending all sorts of time and resources launching out there? I don't even remember what their social platform... They had like three of them. Anybody remember what Google's social platform was called? (laughs) Unfortunately, I do. Google Plus. (laughs) There was Google Plus. There was other ones though. I think they were all spin-offs of Google Plus yeah, for trying to like slight yeah. rebrandings of it. But yeah. yeah, none of them were successful. And ended up being Google Minus. Oh, that's <laughs> minus, <awful. yeah. laughs> I would say though, one differentiation between what they're doing now with this and those other like non-traditional search pieces is those were not as integrated into the core of their product. And we've seen within six months a sharp increase of them integrating this into the standard SERP. And that is where I think it's interesting. So I don't view this as something that they have to condition or get people into visiting a new space. They're capturing the data and then just bringing it to the space where people are already searching and where they already are. So I think the bridge or the challenge is not as steep as what you saw with like trying to enter the social space. But they're definitely only doing this because they want to help the small and medium-sized businesses survive in the coronavirus era. (laughs) No, I mean, let's be honest, right? I mean, their ego isn't that selfless, right? I mean, I think that Tyson said it best in one of his original summaries, which is that this is all about collecting data. Google is the largest machine learning experiment in the planet. And that machine learning is there to power one thing, and that is their AI capabilities. And those AI capabilities is what's going to give them the ability to become relevant in non-standard tech search. And so like, if you start to piece those things together, what Google is essentially trying to do is figure out, how do I get non-standard tech search in a shopping experience to be relevant? How do I actually get that to work? And you need to have a sufficient enough amount of data to do that. And I'm not saying that anyone's got it right. I mean, trust me, my kids buy crap on Alexa all the time using voice search, and it really ticks me off. They got to figure out a way to stop that. <laughs> but like, I mean, but I mean, ultimately, this is where this is going: is how can Google get enough data points? And it's not just happening in shopping; it's happening in a ton of other categories. Think Q and A, and think rich results. You don't get rich results out of nowhere. That is a data structure that you send to Google, and then you get these rich results for Q and A that show up in the SERP. Those are going to power the machine learning models that then influence the AI that will allow us to do voice and other non-text-based searches that are going to become the standard in less than a decade. Maybe Google is that altruistic where they're just offering (laughs) free product listing ads. I don't think we buy it for a second. It seems like a data capture. It'll be interesting to see what they continue to do. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Jordan Cooney and Tyson Stockton from Search Metrics. Join us again tomorrow when we continue our 2020 year in review conversation by talking about the increase in no-click activity. 
In the meantime, we'd love to continue the conversation with you. So if you're interested in contacting Jordan or Tyson, you can find links to their LinkedIn profiles in our show notes. You can contact them on Twitter. Jordan's handle is JT Cooney, J-T-K-O-E-N-E. And Tyson's is Tyson underscore Stockton. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, just head over to VoicesOfSearch.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions. You can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out over social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter, and my personal handle is Ben J. Shap, B E N J S H A P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish episodes every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember the answers are always in the data. 